0: Is being conducted remotely, consistent with Governor Baker's.
1: Just a minute, Ashley.
0: Oh, <laughs> I didn't introduce myself either. So. Right.
1: I just want to mute this.
0: Right. Okay.
1: And... Okay.
0: All right. So I, I'm Ashley Davies, chair of the Northborough Master Plan Implementation Committee. This open meeting of the Northborough Master Plan Implementation Committee is being conducted remotely consistent with Governor Baker's Executive Order of June 16, 2021, an act relative to extending certain COVID-19 measures adopted during the state of emergency. All ma- members of the Master Plan Implementation Committee are allowed and encouraged to participate remotely. The order allows the Master Plan Implementation Committee to meet entirely remotely so long as reasonable public access is afforded so that the public can follow along with the deliberations of the meeting. The public is encouraged to follow along using the posted agenda, unless the chair notes otherwise. Members of the public who wish to view the live stream of this meeting may do so by going to Northborough remote meetings on YouTube via the link listed on the agenda. Ensuring public access does not ensure public participation unless such participation is required by law. This meeting will not feature public comment. Uh, Members, when I call your name, please respond in the affirmative. Amy Bretzky? Here. Rick Leaf?
1: Here.
0: Dario Damari? Here. Millie Milton? Here. John Campbell? Here. Jean Kennedy? And Ashley Davies here. Staff, when I call your name, please respond in the affirmative. Fred Litchfield? Here. Lori Connors? Here.
2: All right. What happened? Well, what happened started. to Fran? She was here a minute ago.
0: She was, and then she disappeared.
2: Hopefully, she'll get back in.
1: No, she, she's yeah. coming. She jumped out for a second, but she's okay. going in back in. There you go.
0: Great, okay. okay. Fran, you with us? You're muted.
1: She's on mute.
0: You may be having some connectivity issues. Let's well, say like she'll get back in. Um, So today we're going to start off the agenda by welcoming Lori Connors, our new town planner. Lori, we're happy to have you here and um, I've I've had the pleasure of getting to talk to Lori a few times now and um, learn about some of the great work she did in Millbury with their downtown um, planning and um, revitalization work. So Lori, do you want to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about um, your experience with what we're kind of dealing with and and any thoughts on um, our uh, plan to move forward.
3: Sure. So I'm happy to be with you all this evening. I, uh, my first day in the town of Northborough is last Monday, so I'm just uh, getting my feet wet and uh, trying to figure out uh, about your regulations and uh, where you stand on all the various planning initiatives so I was very excited to hear about your downtown initiative um, milbury I worked for the town of milbury for 16 years so uh, also a long term uh, long timer there and uh, we were on a similar track uh, so we completed our master plan in 2019. And just <laughs> a years prior to that, we had done our visioning exercise for downtown revitalization. Um, so, one of the driving forces for that was we had a little uh, pocket park in our downtown that was very dilapidated. And we were also uh, suffering from a number of empty storefronts. Um, so we started a couple of years before that with the downtown beautification initiative, um, and the goal of that initiative was to identify low-cost, easy-to-implement measures to improve the look and feel of our downtown. So the first two initiatives we started out with was an adopt-a-pot program and an adopt-a-banner program, and they were very successful. Um, And we were able to raise quite a bit of money. Um, And then we wanted to expand that effort so we were able to get a technical assistance grant um, which enabled us to hire a consultant team that consisted of the central mass regional planning commission. um, The Blackstone River coalition. uh, Mass Audubon Um, And then we had Weston and Samson as our consulting engineer, and um, gosh, another engineering group that uh, has just left my brain, so I can't think of the name. I'm sure it'll come to me in a minute. And uh, so we did a series of four visioning sessions, uh, which... Really, uh, one of the goals is that uh, we really wanted to have green in our downtown. Um, and by we, I mean my little group of ladies, there are four of us, um, and the DPW director wanted to think of ways that we could get trees into our downtown and could also beautify our commons so that little pocket park and our town common. So that's kind of the launching pad and uh, so low impact development, which is kind of like using nature to control drainage. um, Was a really big aspect of our visioning process. So, at the end of those four visioning sessions, we had a plan. So, it was kind of a similar effort to what you're going through now, where we defined our downtown and then we came up with a plan that pretty much covered uh, the entire downtown with improvements. So, then we took that and identified a phase one scope. And we hired, we got some grant money, and we used some municipal funds, and we hired Weston and Samson to do a design. Um, It that ended up costing about $150,000 to do the phase one design, and then I was able to secure uh, five different grants, um, which totaled about $1.5 million uh, for the construction of phase one. So the total construction cost was 2.3 million dollars so a good portion of that was paid for with grants. So we completed that phase one construction about a year ago. Um, and then we started doing the design for phase two and uh, thankfully for phase two I was able to get mostly paid for with grant funds. Uh, There was a little bit of matching money that the town had to put in and we were able to secure almost 1.9 million in grant money using four different grants um, for phase two construction. Just got the bids last week. Unfortunately, they came in over budget. So now they're trying to figure out uh, whether they need to adjust down the scope of the construction project or put in some town money um, to pay for that. So I have quite a bit of experience with downtown yeah. Yeah. revitalization. Uh, so the good news is that you can learn from some of the, uh, the things that went really well uh, in Millbury, as well as the, um, the things that could have gone better and I learned from. <laughs> so... Uh, I'm excited to to help you folks through this process and certainly uh, learn from you about what your priorities are and what you hope to accomplish with this downtown revitalization.
0: Awesome, thank you so much. And, And I know you have great maps that you've shown us and it was just really interesting just for everyone else when I saw Lori's maps from Milbury, it was really striking some of the things that they had done that really echo what we are hoping to see in our downtown. So I think it's really exciting to have her on board and and helping us through this process. Um, That being said, uh, I think at this point, we were gonna get a little bit of an update on where we're at with moving forward on our um, downtown master plan and the RFP. I don't know, Lori, if you had any updates on that, since John isn't here, um, did you know where we're at in that process?
3: Yeah, so uh, John had given me the VHB uh, memorandum. So that it encompassed the scope of work and he asked me to review it and asked me if I had any comments. And I did speak with you. Um, The only suggestion that I had is that I noticed that this only included two visioning sessions. And my recommendation, as as you know, as I explained, we had four visioning sessions. And I do think that four visioning sessions were too many, Um, but I thought that two visioning sessions are probably too few. Um, Because in our experience, uh, there was quite a bit, quite a few changes They came out of our second meeting with our consulting team. So the first meeting was pretty much we were just kind of brainstorming ideas and we were uh, coloring on maps and identifying linkages and, um, you know, where improvements had to be made. Um, I'm sorry, I have some very... uh, Affectionate pets <laughs> that keep coming up <laughs> to me and distracting me. So I'm not sure if you notice. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. So hopefully, my dog won't start barking, <laughs> but they're pretty mm-hmm. much all over me all the time. So uh, <laughs> bear with um, But anyway, so uh, the, the second meeting, the consultant team presented their ideas uh, for what they thought. Um, made sense for the downtown. Yeah. And then we kind of broke those ideas apart and suggested changes. Uh, so some things uh, the, the folks who attended the visioning workshops saw they really liked, but then other things they weren't too crazy about. So the third session enabled um, the consultant team to come back after the feedback was given. Uh, by the attendees of the visioning session. So that was my one suggestion. I, I just thought that two might be too little. And another suggestion that I have is to really involve the property owners and the business owners uh, within your focus area um, because they're really important for the buy in. So, of course, um, you know, this will take care of the public realm but then their responsibility is taking care of the private realm. So you wanna make sure that they're on board with the plan and also that they feel like they've had a say. And, um, and it tends to get them really excited. So the positive in the Milbury scenario is that over the course of the last two years, A number of the property owners and the business owners have made some really great facade improvements. Um, We've had some exciting new businesses go into downtown and uh, they're installing beautiful signage and and, um, even some of the open spaces, like there was this one storefront in particular that had like built-in planters into their storefront which always just used to be dirt. <laughs> and so now they they put flowers in. So they have caught on to like our adopt a pot program. And that has encouraged um, the folks to look around to see what little open spaces exist in the downtown and to improve those areas and to put out their own pots. So just a, a little idea that I have about um, you know really getting more buy-in yeah
0: that's great and I, I don't think I, I don't think we need to give any more approval on that scope of work I think you just make that change and, and move forward um, once the appropriation is approved for for that but I had a question about the visioning sessions so are the visioning sessions just a general open to the public sort of thing or is that something that you really send invitations to people for those so it's a smaller group i just wasn't it was sure how
3: combination. That... so okay. what we did for our visioning exercise is that we um targeted our downtown business owners and our downtown businesses with flyers that were like specific for them so they we either went door to door, like I like to do that with the business owners. So I go and I introduce myself and I hand them the flyer and I personally invite them to the visioning session. Um, So that tends to be really effective when they see a face. Um, And then there was the other outreach. So of course there are your typical movers and shakers that attend everything. Um, So, you know, I would send it to the board of selectmen, you know, the planning board, pretty much everybody who is here that is represented on other committees, the historical commission. So all of those folks, I put an ad in the newspaper. I put an ad on the cable access, uh, something on the website. So wherever you can advertise, because you want as many people as possible, And after you do all of that, you'll be lucky if you get 40 people in the room. So it's a lot of work, Um, but at least you can say, well, hey, I invited you to participate. And whether they choose not to participate or to participate, that's up to them. But at least nobody can say that they weren't invited.
0: Okay, that's helpful to understand. And then, so, so, okay, so that makes sense. So you get public input on the first one, as many people as you can hopefully see there. You hope that same group of people attends the second to see what came of it, what came of all of their input. And then you have a third where you can can adopt the additional feedback you got on the second.
3: Right, exactly. Okay. So the third okay. is like the final presentation. So this is the vision. And, um, you know, if you do the three sessions, then you also have time to talk about some of the material features. Um, Like we had talked about seating and we talked about like crosswalk design and uh, pavers and, um, you know, uh, landscaping ideas. We actually have an archway. One of the, the problems that we have in Millbury is that We have a municipal parking lot. Nobody knows where it is because it's not well uh, signed and so we ended up putting this giant archway um, that says municipal parking so it's like this black metal uh, feature and then it has gold lettering. Nobody can miss this so now everybody knows oh okay that's the entrance to the municipal parking lot. (laughs) So uh, what was really important to us is we wanted more people to use the municipal parking lot so that they would walk to the businesses and while they were walking to the business that they wanted to go to, they would visit other businesses on the way.
0: Okay. Yeah, you know, Amy had mentioned today that (coughs) the selectmen were getting some calls about fencing for the new Acidit Park and... You know this is obviously not lining up with that in terms of time frame but that would be probably a time to talk about you know something like that fencing styles and things like that
3: okay exactly so that just kind of so the visioning boards fed into our design for the phase one so what we did is we took this piece out of the phase one, um, out of the visioning exercise. And I use that for the grant applications to help pay for the design. Um, So they need like a concept in order for you to be able to secure a design grant. So I don't know if the goal here is to use like CPA money or ARPA funds or whatever. Um, But it is hard to get that initial grant. Um, So you need something solid to to show them. And they also like to see that you have involved the public. An important uh, aspect is to target the housing authority because they want to see, because usually that's a population that isn't included in visioning exercises. So they want to see that the housing authority, the... The folks who live there have um, been able to contribute to the conversation.
2: So I guess, Laurie, my understanding is that that you're recommending that um, the scope, as it was agreed to by the committee at their last meeting, you recommend modifying it to include three visioning sessions as opposed to two, and also to maybe add a little more. Verbiage in there to emphasize the involvement of uh, business owners in the area to be involved in the process.
3: Yeah, I, I think the opportunity, like you don't necessarily have to expand this group uh, to include business owners, but they should absolutely be targeted. So the visioning exercise should not be just this group. Right. So the right. visioning exercise should be with the general public. So, you should yeah. get as many people to be part of that conversation as possible. And like right. I said, you'll invite you could invite two hundred people, and only forty'll show up.,
2: yeah. yeah. I just want to make sure everybody on the committee is clear as to how the the scope of work is going to change from what you know we had approved at the last meeting. so i'm just I'm just confirming basically that we'll go from two visioning sessions to three, and there'll be something additionally included in there. Emphasizing the fact that we want to get community involvement, you know, in certain points of the process. Right. the map of the statement of work will pretty much look as it did as it came out of our last committee meeting. Yeah. And that'll be what'll go forward. It'll be worked into the the RFP. So are there any comments or questions about that? Or if not, we can just assume Lori can go ahead and make those changes on the way to getting the RFP ready to go out.
1: Yeah, i I can echo what Lori said it it doesn't matter if it's a a town or a city uh, or a building or a company when we do the visioning or programming is what we call it um, we can go to the owners of a company and get everything they want but we always really highly recommend we go to the as far down the, the chain of command as you can to the people doing the actual work Um, Because two or three things happen there. Um, Number one, they're not getting something stuffed down their throats. Number two, you are allowing them to participate, whether you do what they want or not. We may have some gas stations downtown that want more, and and we may have to say, I'm sorry, we're not going to put another one in. But at least you listen to them. But then what happens is it becomes our project, not yours or the boss's. And, and they really do embrace it and you'd be amazed at how many good ideas they have because they're the ones actually on the street or at the machine or at the computer doing the work. So that's, that's kind of across the board, I think, the right way to do it. And I would never want to do it with just us, even though we're obviously smarter than anybody on the planet. Uh, <laughs> but... It's just it, you know that buy-in and and that seeking of information from the end users and really our customers because that's who we're serving is the town the people that live here is really important. Um, it, it just I echo that because we've done it so many times and you'd be amazed when when the the folks at the really at the bottom level the the end users get buy-in the <laughs> success is amazing because. They will help you um, not make mistakes and my dad used to say I'd rather have one person working with me than three people working for me and I think that's what we're really looking to do here. So good job Lori.
3: Thank you Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the other interesting thing is of course they will identify like they're really important for identifying the problem areas that nobody else knows about like they may say hey you know this in particular this this area this area of sidewalk is a huge slip hazard um, because the drainage is not functioning properly and that actually happened with our phase one design so the florist had identified that this area in between her building and the building next door which had been covered in concrete years ago was like a major uh, drainage channel. And uh, it was causing all sorts of uh, problems because it was going across the sidewalk and then going diagonally across the street, straight into the Blackstone River, which is quite polluted. Uh, So we ended up creating this drainage solution and then diverting all that flow into a rain garden. So it was actually a really helpful comment that she made. So just an example of how that can work.
4: Well, I guess
2: well, you can go ahead and make, make those changes to the statement of work and we'll look forward to it uh, you know getting rolled out eventually. All right. So
3: I'll do awesome. that this week and send it off um, you know, as soon as John authorizes me to do so.
0: Yeah, great. All this talk, I really just want to get down to it. So <laughs> so exciting. Um all right. Um and and just to I think we talked about this today, and I just wanted to reiterate we was it clear that we will have to wait until after town meeting to put it out or is it something that might go out prior to town meeting? No, no, no. We uh, might my, to
2: my, under, my understanding is the funding to pay the consultant has got to be approved at town meeting. So I think John said he would not send the RFP out until the town approved the funding to pay the consultant that would be hired.
0: OK, so we have a few months still until it gets um, released. OK. Yes just wanted to make sure everybody kind of knew that. Um, next on the agenda was an update on status of Complete Streets. I know, Lori, you had um, driven around with Scott um, kind of talking about that, but I don't think there was anything new or any updates on that, except that you've been through the program before, and um, you might be working with Scott to kind of on the next steps of public outreach and Prioritization planning? Is that, is that basically
3: yes. it? Yeah, so my experience in Millbury um, was that we created a Complete Streets Committee and then we ended up um, getting a technical assistance grant. Um, so that's part of the Complete Streets program. Uh, so they have grants available to, for you to hire consultants to help you with the process, which is certainly what I would recommend in this. Circumstance. Um, so, Central Mass Regional Planning is one of the consultants, but there are a whole host of them. And sure, in fact, I'm sure VHB uh, is probably on the consultant list. Um, and then the consultant provides you with a variety of different resources. Um, so, they do like a sidewalk analysis. So they identify the quality of all of the sidewalks that you have in town where there are ramps that are non-compliant with ADA, um, where there are missing crosswalks, um, and where there are gaps in the sidewalk network. And they do the same with the uh, bikeways, so they identify potential bike routes um, with the, the committee so of course the committee and I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen here like with the committee I don't know if the committee's already been formed or hasn't so I'd have to talk more uh, with Scott about that. Um, and then there's also a public process. So once in Millbury we had a list of about 40 different projects. Uh, that we had identified as needs and then it's up to the visioning process uh, or the public process to identify the top priorities. And the complete streets program so pretty much every community is guaranteed $400,000 so that could be used to fund one project or it could be used to fund several projects. Uh, in Melbury, we funded two aspects of our downtown revitalization project, so phase one, phase two, um, and then you sit tight because once they fund your projects, then you're kind of frozen. You're not allowed to get any more money for a certain period of time. It might be three years, or it could be five. I can't really remember. And then once you surpass that period of time, you are eligible for the competitive pool of funding. Um, but pretty much we got into the complete streets program early on. And now there are so many communities participating. So they kind of put put the quabash on uh, getting multiple grants.
2: I was, I was mentioning to Lori that um, because we have a five-year capital improvement plan in Northboro, that that to the extent we can fund sidewalk improvement out of the money we can get in a complete streets program, that's one way to do it. Uh, we also have the opportunity if there's other projects we want to do that need money beyond that four hundred thousand, we can always propose uh, to the administrator or to the finance committee that they they set aside plan to do some town provided funding at some point in the future and put it in the capital plan, have that come up for discussion, you know, as a discussing capital project in general. So the I don't think we're limited, but the only work we can do is on biking and sidewalks is limited to this what we get from the uh, complete streets program. The town can also choose, you know, at some point to provide municipal funding to get some of these things to happen also. So that's a a role we could play as a committee. If we feel there are other things we wanna do that are consistent with the plan, we can recommend that things get built into our long-term capital plan to fund them.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like, uh, unlike, uh, wasn't totally clear when we had gotten updates in the past what the process moving forward was gonna be. It sounds like, and obviously Scott will have to confirm this, but it sounds like it it might, this whole uh, public process and the prioritization and the analysis might line up really nicely with the downtown plan a- and the other sort of work that we're trying to push forward um, with the master plan implementation, um, bikeability, walkability throughout town. So I think it's pretty exciting. It's a very small chunk of change compared to all the things that you know we have on our master plan in terms of goals for walkability and bikeability. But um, it's a start, and it's exciting that you know we could, there could be this cohesion um, between the complete streets work and and what we're looking to do here. So I think it's, um, I think it's absolutely. exciting, so. Yeah.
3: I, I absolutely think that <laughs> when the Complete Streets public process uh, comes forward, it's really important for the Downtown Project to appear in uh, the top four. So you might even wanna split it up. So like I said, you know, in Millbury, we did, fa- we have four phases. So we identified the individual phases. Um, so, you know, I think uh, the phase, phase one project, we weren't sure at that time which was gonna be phase one, phase two, you know. So uh, the phase one project was like number two on the prioritization list. And uh, the phase two project ended up being th- uh, number one on the prioritization list, so that's really important.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's helpful. That's helpful to know. It's a good strategy. Okay. Great. Um, Unless anybody else has comments or questions on the complete streets work, uh, we can move on to the to the next item on the agenda, which was the discussion of the preliminary boundary for the downtown plan. Um, So sorry, it's a little loud here. Uh, so, uh, so I know that we had discussed that the the boundary will be yeah. finalized, finalized when <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> it'll be finalized when we actually get down to work on the downtown plan, but we had said might be helpful and kind of help move things along if we had a general sense of what the boundary would look like before the consultants come on board. So that's kind of what we wanted to talk about tonight. And a couple of you have already sent in your ideas for what um, you think could be a preliminary boundary. Um, I can show one of the items that Dario worked on. Um, maybe I'll show that first. And then Gene did a little bit of um, uh, playing around with the town GIS. And I think he and he's gonna be able to share with us kind of um, a little tutorial so that we can kind of use it ourselves and come up with our own Um, sketch and I think following this meeting if everybody can kind of sit down and try to come up with their own sketch then we can um, put that all together and and, uh, really look at it for the next uh, for the next meeting but before I show um, the items that folks had sent over um, Rick did you want to did you want to ask any questions about this or um, start the discussion off in any certain way
2: Yeah, I I was talking to Ashley and Lori about this a little bit. One one thing I'd like to just bring up, not that I have any preconceived notion about it, but it'd be helpful just to see where we stand on it. Is the thought that this walkable, nice new downtown area might be somewhere else in town than where we currently have downtown, and is that worth something? Even having the consultant consider, you know, for example, if you think about where our business West District is down by where Romaine's restaurant is in the Fox Meadow uh, little uh, commercial park down there. There's some open land down there. You know, by thinking about having some sort of a walkable, nice business district set up in a place like that, it gets to the point where it's Route 20 is already headed south down towards Route 9. And so the whole Route 20 situation isn't as much of an issue in a place like that. So it's just in my mind theoretical, but I just like to get some feedback whether anybody feels when we start talking to the consultant that we want to analyze the possibility of locating this solution someplace other than what we consider the downtown or whether people think that's really kind of out on the lunatic fringe and it's not really not really something that uh, has any sense in uh, in reality, but I just want to get that on the table tonight before we start you know, talking about this in more detail. So I'd be interested in people's feedback about that position.
5: So, all right. So this is Fran. I don't think I'd want to take anything off the table because I don't, I'm not a planner. I'm not an architect. And I would love to hear what people like Gene Kennedy or um, Dario understand what it, it, what it takes right before I would even know whether that was a crazy idea or not. If we can get away from route 20 and the restrictions with the traffic and the requirements. I don't see why not creating like a little village. But I mean I think I would have to defer to the more professional people before I could form a a real opinion on whether that's a wild idea or not.
2: Other input.
6: I guess. Oh, go ahead, Amy. Oh no, you can go first, Dario. <laughs>
1: um, <clears throat> I don't think anything is crazy. So put that out there. A lot of towns have different sections or downtowns. I, I lived in Framingham for a long time, and they have Framingham Center, and they have Nob Scott and they they have little gathering areas. Um, that are yeah, and one of them's on Route Twenty, or or directly off of Route Twenty, and and in all those cases, I'm trying to think of where they all were. Um, there were, there were, they were still at major intersections, which I think Romaine's is, um, and then we'd have that's Times Square, so New York City could get jealous. But one of the things on the master plan implementation. Um, plan itself that kind of drove me to to where where I had gone was looking at all the things that we wanted to focus on or tie into the community and in a weird way I think out by Romaine's would be less expensive I think it would be easier to do because it's not as congested as downtown but it pretty much abandons our history. And if all the things that we were talking about, geez, this is where the town was formed. These are all the historical buildings. These are all the cool little parks. And then we leave that and put all our focus somewhere else. And it really is west of town, which may or may not benefit the people west of town. Um, if you're going to Wegmans, I think that's that's wonderful. But it's a tough thing to, to do without, like thinking that you might abandon the real our real roots. And it's okay if our real roots aren't worth pursuing. If it's just too hard to do what we want to do downtown, I would look at that as a plan B, but not necessarily a plan A because everything I've read in the master plan wants to celebrate our history and most of our history is obviously the older part of town which is all of these buildings and the aqueduct and the Assabet river and um Acid park and you know the common everything was more towards the center of town for a better choice of words. So it's not crazy at all Rick in my opinion um, because there's a lot of practical reasons why it makes sense. But um, that's really up to the rest of you folks. And I think the town. Um, That's where I think Lori's comment of "Hey, town would you like our new Main Street or focal point or downtown to be out there. And um, that's that's a temperature I've not taken with anybody and you know I I think to even to Millie's point I don't think anything should be off the table. Mm -hmm. But there's real important things to consider if you want to move that because you do have the competition and
0: you do, I think, abandon a lot of our history. Mm-hmm. I think, too, sorry, Amy, I just wanted to mention real quick, uh, this master plan came out of what the public wanted to see, right? We did a lot of surveying. We just, we took the public's pulse. The public, I mean, the residents of Northborough wanted to see a downtown revitalization what did they consider the downtown I wouldn't think that they considered Times Square the downtown they want to see the current downtown improved not a new downtown created that's that's sort of my sense of what the feedback was that we got from the public and I'm not sure it's our place to say well we're just going to create a new one and you know forget it forget you know what you wanted to see but that's my opinion. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, so I
1: think that makes sense because that's the part I don't know. If this all came from everybody and nobody said put it there, you know, you can come up with practical reasons, but you're really not listening. Then you you asked everybody in a company, what color do you want the building? They all said blue and you made it purple. And <laughs> then they're going to say, why the hell did you ask us? <laughs> you know, Well, this was cheaper. You know, and they're like, I don't yeah. care if it's cheaper. We hate it. We quit. We're going home. Yeah, That's, that's I mean, the trouble I think, you get into, I think. And I because you said it, I didn't realize this was all a million interviews, but if people are saying this is what we want, I think, um, I think listing would probably be the, the better uh, choice.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I mean, there was never any official boundary for what downtown is, no definition. And I think that's what we're kind of trying to figure out right now. But I, but I think everybody knows kind of generally what everyone was talking about. What what downtown is? Um, I guess that's that was my point.
2: A- a- Amy, again, one, 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 go ahead. Amy, go ahead. Amy.
6: Oh, and and I I see the downtown with, you know, like you mentioned those key places like the library, and the old town hall, you know, the town offices could possibly move back there, and there are just so many key features of Asabit Park, Asabit River, and even when the downtown was created, there was a lot of housing around it. You have Summer Street, School Street. And all those neighborhoods could bring walkability to the downtown. Like I used to live on Church Street and we walked uptown all the time. But if you get out to Business West, there really isn't a lot of walkability. There's like a couple, there might be one neighborhood, maybe not.
0: Right. And And that's, yeah, sorry. Yeah.
6: Yeah. So then you're driving to go and walk around. And I do think it's a neat area down there that would be great if it's walkable but i i wouldn't picture it as the downtown.
0: Yeah, and i i think a lot of what we hear is that there needs to be people for a downtown to be successful. There needs yeah. to be housing and <laughs> and we have that built in where where downtown is already. Um that being said, i wanted to share my screen for a minute because Dario did share um his sketch of downtown and whether you agree with it or not, um it his process was as he explained it to me, really helpful um, and allowed me to think of uh, think of this in a bit different way. Or um, can everybody see that? Let's see if I can zoom in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, kind of what Dario did was he he went through the town generally. And circled key areas, conservation areas, areas of interest, historic spots, schools, etc., and kind of use that to help him focus and figure out what he thought the downtown boundary would be. And it's a very interesting shape. And I think <laughs> when we talked, Dario, you said, well, those, you know, those tentacles are kind of an extension, but the core is, is the core. Um, but... But I thought that that was really helpful in kind of trying to figure out where this boundary should be. Don't start with the boundary, start with determining this, the items and the areas that you, you really think are core to our town and what what should be included. Um, so I just wanted to to share that. Um, and I, I went through, and I was on the town GIS earlier at, at Jean's suggestion, and I'll let Jean kind of walk us through a bit and. In a minute, um, and I used Dario's method and kind of you can drop pins as you're in the town js and it and it kind of helped me to focus on what I wanted to to draw in terms of the boundary. But Jean, do you want to um, now kind of talk about what you worked on with the town js and and how you were able to figure out um, sketching things out? Oh, for some reason we can't hear you, Jean. You're not muted, but we can't hear you. That's really weird. Low
3: volume. This happened to Kathy one time. What was it? You know, that happened to me a couple of times and um, it seemed to happen to me when I used the link, but if I came into Zoom, uh, just putting in the meeting ID and the password manually, then
1: uh, the volume would work. Hmm. If you click on the microphone icon, it pops up a list of mics, and sometimes the wrong one. Oh, gets... yeah. I don't know if that's it. I mean, I have.
0: Right. Try a different oh. microphone, Gene. If you click on the up arrow near the mute button, there's a list of microphones. Can I all? Yep. Oh,
7: that worked. Yep. you can hear me now. Yes. okay. well, just go back to Fran's point. Uh, you know, Daru and I have some planning experience. Larry obviously does, but we're all citizens of the town of Northboro so everybody's voice counts. Um, for my personal experience, I happen to have municipal planning experience in the city of Newton and the city of Framingham. When you think of Newton, you think of villages. It's very easy to define the villages. We had village studies and went through the whole planning process, and they continue to go through the planning process. Uh, Framingham, like Dario was saying, you know, there's the traditional downtown of Framingham, but there's also Knobscott, Saxonville. And then lo and behold, all of the commercial development came on Route 9 and sucked the energy out of all of those pre-existing little villages. So that w- that is still, you know, Framingham's problem. Uh, what I see in Northborough is uh, really highway-oriented businesses uh, that people go to and Route 20 that's ex- expedited for people to drive through. You know, once you get out of Marlborough, your next stop is Shrewsbury and you're on your way. And uh, so while we have distinct commercial areas, the downtown, downtown west, downtown east, I think the, uh, the challenge for the study is to bring, if we go with the downtown as we traditionally know it, is to bring uh, the downtown characteristics to what was essentially uh, a highway business zone. You know, that's characterized by the many gas stations and I know we've eliminated the gas station option. Uh, The town introduced the mixed use option a few years ago and that has certainly helped bring a combination of residential and commercial. Uh, So, you know, where the downtown is, I think it's more of a challenge to uh, make it more pedestrian oriented by Okay. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. You're back. Yep.
7: All right. So I will. Someone... Uh, it's also saying I have a, an unstable, act uh while while is access so that I think may be part of the problem. Mm-hmm. So I uh in following up from the last meeting, if you recall, near the end of it. Uh, Scott mentioned the town has a GIS system um, and it's something that is worth looking at. I took some time last week to take a look and see what the functions are. Um, I got a sense of it. I shared that information with Ashley and Rick and they thought maybe if I went through a brief introduction of the GIS system, uh, it would be helpful. Uh, The point is that since we are really a planning committee, uh, mapping and mapping systems are really one of the primary ways planners convey information, data, analysis. So the more familiar we are as as a group with uh, mapping, uh, I think the more helpful it'll be as we try to proceed. I will uh, try to share my screen now with GIS system and take a few minutes to step through uh, what we currently have. So this is just the uh, the main page of the town website. GIS and maps it's right. Right there on the first page. Base map. Um, it's very easy to use the mouse to scroll in, zoom out. There's also uh, zoom in and zoom out buttons in the top left. Uh, going up on the top right hand side, we have. Uh, several drop-down menus these provide the main functions to the G.I.S. system. The first one is search you can uh, enter an address for example and uh, the system will will bring you to that property and provide basic land use and property information. The second drop-down is a selection uh, menu and you can do several things here. You can click on a specific property and the information will come up on the left-hand side. This is uh, actually the town cemetery. You see it listed and the property information is listed on the left-hand side. If you want to eliminate that and select something else, over in the right pane, there is a more uh, option, and you can clear the selection. You do that, and you back to back to go. If you're interested in selecting a group of uh, properties, you can essentially draw a boundary. You went something like this. It would then bring up that particular group of properties, and then on the right-hand side you have the property addresses, and you can also download that selected group of properties to an Excel file. And what you would be downloading is essentially the assessing information for each property: ownership, land area, zoning um, items. Uh, such as that, you can clear. And then, one of the uh, one of the key features to a GIS system is to be able to provide different layers or themes of data, and lay that over the base map. So, depending on what your interests are, uh, you can compile various combinations of information. You can color code them and prepare a map that uh, suits your purposes. On the right hand side, you see the various uh, themes that are available. Uh, it's interesting because earlier in the week, I thought there were more than just the 2020 aerial photo. I thought there were there was some historical aerial documents there as well, but I don't see them now. Uh, You've got topography, open space, land use, recreation, even down the floodplain information and then even voting information. So for example, if you were interested in open space, you would just open the open space theme and it would present itself on the base layer that you are working with. The open space theme shows uh, a legend of various information. And then you, you can't quite see it, but there's a, tr- a transparency bar that allows you to change the density of the colors that are shown on the map. So if you want to see what's underlaying the open space parcels, you can go all the way to the r- left that essentially deletes and then you can shade it as you proceed, uh, you know, to fit your purpose. And then, as with any GIS, you can shut that off, put on another GIS system, uh, another uh, layer, um, all with the base map information still uh, presenting itself. Going back to the series of drop-down menus, there's a markup menu, and this is. This is probably the the menu that Dario used to draw his uh, his otherworldly downtown boundary system. But essentially you have a series of drawing tools. You also have a measuring uh, option where you can measure distances. In terms of the tools themselves, there's a text tool so you can. Essentially, enter. uh, uh, You can enter enter text. So I want to go back and uh, delete all this. So back to the markup. Uh, menu, um, so you can enter text. You, can, you have options to select the size, the font size of the text. You can enter a marker if you wanted to pin something. You would have have that. I don't know why. I still have some things that I pre-selected. can draw a line. And as you can see, start marking this thing up, it gets confusing very quickly, but if you go down to the lower right, the red remove will eliminate whatever it was that you drew and you're back uh, to square zero. And that's what I didn't do with the other themes. That's why they kept showing up. Uh, You can select a circle and your options here would be the line width, the fill color, the color of the boundary line, and then you have an opacity option that allows you to determine how much or how little of the fill you want to show. So You can edit. For example, make it darker, more opaque, or make it lighter. You can do the same thing with a rectangle. Then you can do something uh, with a polygon. So, if let's say somebody wanted to define a study area for downtown, uh, you'd start by selecting the polygon polygon option. Let's give it a line width. You don't really want to fill because you're essentially drawing a boundary of the study area. So we'll make the fill opacity zero and then we'll have, so we can see it, maybe a red, a red boundary. And then you take the cursor and then start at one spot and work your way across Maybe down to the Assabet River, over to Summer Street. Maybe you come down to South Street, up, come across Gale, back over to Route 20. Cold Harbor Brook perhaps is the boundary of the downtown study area. You'd work your way around and back to starting point. So there's your study area. Then you could go back to text, change the font size, and you've got a study area. Now, once you've done that, or once you've Mixed and matched the themes, provided the text, provided the markups, provided the boundary, provided whatever information you wanted. Oh
0: no, he froze. He froze. He froze just
2: as he was finishing up.
0: I know. Just when was getting exciting. I know. I know. I, I'm assuming he was going to talk about printing.
2: Can you
7: see that? Uh, yeah, oh, sorry, Gene,
0: it. you just froze for a minute. So we, you, okay. you were, we we saw you finish up the study area and then you were going to say something. Okay. Yeah,
7: saying my internet is unstable.
0: Okay. <laughs> so
7: you okay. click on print. Then you have a title. You enter a scale. Mm. One inch equals 400 feet is a good scale to match you know, let's say a downtown area. And as you can see, you create either a standard eight and a half by eleven PDF file, or you can create a larger eleven by seventeen uh, PDF file.
4: Hmm.
7: You click on uh, create the printable map, and you're essentially creating a PDF file which you can save, save as a file, and then email it to Ashley and Rick, or email it to the committee, or whatever uh, we wanted to do.
0: No, I zoomed way in. You
7: know, see the 400 scale didn't really oh. quite work out as well. Yeah,
1: that's got to be a thousand scale.
7: Yeah, so it's got to be different. Mm. We get
2: okay. the
7: idea though. But yeah, that's essentially is... the idea for uh, for the mapping. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, this is super helpful because I've used the town JS a ton just to play around, but I have not even come close to touching all those features that you just showed. So that was really helpful. And um, I think if I mean, I don't know what other people feel, but if everyone wants to kind of sketch out their sense of the downtown and send it over to us, then we can kind of compile them, share them with the whole group and we can discuss them and try to see if there's overlap and and where and consensus that we can all come to um, prior to finalizing with the consultants. But I I think having these maps is, is great. I know John Campbell has already sent me one um and Dario sent his wild wild one which is very exciting to see
1: <laughs> Hey Ashley can you yeah. uh, can you pull that up because i sure. i I want to just that's it's not really an answer but it's it's an illustration of a process Yes and I that's think, yeah
0: that's what i i hoped i i explained that Yeah better. but
1: i i think if people so and and unfortunately I did this caveman style, I just, I just printed out the map off the GIS and I use this, it, it, it's a really crazy tool, um, a marker and, 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 and some highlighters because <laughs> I'm not as smart as Gene, uh, although I, I do know how to use the GIS, it takes me so much longer, so I just scribble it and then I run it through our scanner and then I pretend like I spent three weeks on it.
5: Um,
1: but but what the, the process here and then I think for everybody else, you know, however you want to do it, but um, I think even you know, Lori spoke of it. It the information that, that was on here came from the master plan itself. And the the big green blobs, whether they were green was like natural things, blue was historic. I took I took off the master plan as places of interest that we wanted to um, embrace for a better choice of words because I don't know everything about Framingham or about Northboro um, and and I put all the dots there to say okay that's stuff that we talked about so we're not going to be able to reach all the way up to you know Bisquat Park which is the northern tip of Framingham with the downtown it makes no sense mm-hmm. and if you look at this star or spider, maybe the downtown is limited is limited to the body, but there was so much talk. You guys can't see my cursor, right?
0: No, which sorry. is fine.
1: No. But if you look up at the aqueduct, um, there was so much talk about the aqueduct that maybe that is one leg that does get considered. You know, kind of. I'll say day one with the downtown because there were so many reasons (laughs) to tie to it Mm -hmm. from everybody's you know thoughts. But I think what happens here you put everything that we thought we wanted to deal with connecting to the to the the trails connecting to the historic spots connecting to the parks and then you go back to the downtown. You define the downtown and maybe it's the body but then Mm -hmm. the 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 legs or the or the the points to the stars. When we do the downtown, we want to make sure that those can eventually be tied back to the downtown um, a, as part of the whole master plan. And it's no different than when Boston did the Freedom Trail um, to get to the Constitution. Um, it's it's you know it's a long distance from downtown Boston, but mm-hmm. they made sure in their planning that it was eventually walkable so whether we did bridges or roads or anything else if we do our downtown there are areas that were important pointed out in the master plan and for me I kind of learned as I did this I just put all the important areas down and said okay how can we tie these all together and eventually reach out to Ellsworth and, and McAfee Park but 135 is a big part of the downtown and and so is route 20 going both directions and so it was a little bit north towards z in the cemetery and i even forgot our first cemetery was on brigham you know mm-hmm. and i drive by it all the time and i thought oh how cool 10 years ago <laughs> and then all of a sudden that is a piece of our history is it something that's a focal point probably not but can it be embraced and celebrated probably so mm-hmm. when I did this, it was more understanding the process, put down everything that you think is important, then see how it relates to downtown. And then it won't be a circle necessarily. It'll be whatever you know you think is, is our focal point. And the other part of the process is this is one piece is the scope, which is what we want to do. Then reality sets in, you get to the cost, and then you get to the schedule. Mm-hmm. So you can put this down and say, geez, this is $20 million or $50 million. We're never going to do that. But if you put down everything you want, when you do hit phase one, which may just be, you know, putting some trees downtown or or bulbing the corners of the intersection, we know that we can tie it into phase two, three, and four, you know, three, five, and 10 years from now. And it enables us to understand that. Maybe we would do want a connection, you know, out to Romaine's so we can pull those two together. (laughs) And I can tell you a little bit about, which was interesting um, that um, you talked about Framingham. Three big downtowns in Framingham were there for three different reasons. And it's kind of cool to understand why. The Framingham Center was there because that was the old coach road. That was the old east-west connection from Boston all the way to Oregon. And that was horses and and um, and carriages. Then the downtown shifted to what's the current downtown, which we call South Framingham, and that was because of the trains. That became the new focus of, the, of a lot of towns at the turn of the century, 1880. And then it went back to Route Nine because the automobile kicked out the trains. So those were the three things that moved the major downtowns Saxoville was also tied to a train, scat, a train track as was knobscott but our downtown had the train the wagon trail and the the cars still remaining in the same spot those tracks never changed so ours didn't move as much and therefore all of our old buildings kind of hung out in the same area through the evolution of our history where framingham's moved like every hundred years as technology changed, the downtown moved with it, which is kind of an interesting thing if you look at how things move and, and villages are created and abandoned because of, in that case, technology. Um, and that's just how people lived. And I think the other important thing that Amy brought up is the availability or accessibility, the walkability to the town with where all the houses currently are is huge. Because for the town to work, those houses want to be there and in Framingham those villages all had a lot of houses around them so they could still kind of remain active it wasn't like there were no houses near Saxonville. <laughs> it was completely surrounded you know and mm-hmm. and it's interesting how you can support a couple villages or areas in a town but that one developed you know, over 100 years when you know, you had no choice but to live in Framingham center Um, because it was the only wagon trail going going to that area. So anyway I just this is not an answer it's more a process but it's kind of me just squirting out everything that I saw in the master plan trying to say hey folks and it doesn't have to be super professional you could just draw a green circle and if you're smart enough to use the G.I.S. that's just loaded with information and technology um, that just makes it that much easier. But I, all I did was print it out on 11 by 17 and then wrote on it with markers and then scanned it. So that's the caveman way of doing it. But it still works. But I think understanding the process to make it simple on folks that don't do this for a living, you can just do that. And like Ashley said, you just started picking things and putting points down. Then you look at the points and say, how does that relate to the downtown? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so this was all based on the goals that were on the master plan. But... I just wanted to walk through that process real quick to just help people no,
2: I think this is, I think, I think this is really good Dario. I think it also yeah. points out the fact to the rest of the committee that any way you want to provide the information yeah. you know back to Ashley or to us or whatever will work yeah. if you want to use the GIS and you're comfortable with that you can do that if you want to print out a map and write on it if you just want to send in some text and say you know I think the boundaries ought to be you know the following streets everything that's inside of that you know what you are thinking about whatever you're comfortable in doing the main thing is just to collect people's uh, impressions of what they think we ought to do and see what sort of comes out is uh, where we agree where we disagree. Once again we're not going to tell the consultant this is what you need to work on we're going to say to the consultant this is what we've been thinking about but feel free once you get into this to suggest what you think is best so right but having a general going on here.
0: Yeah, and, that, and that's what I was just going to say too, Rick. Yeah, Well, however you want to get the information over, do you want it to be a simple, a simple outline drawn on a paper, a simple outline drawn on JS? Do you want to include some pinpoints of things that you think are key and should be included? Do you want to include some labels? Do you want to include some phasing? I mean, I think just getting your opinion of what you think should be the downtown boundary, how, how you think we should try to focus things will be really helpful, and then we can <laughs> compile it all. And when we next come together, we can kind of try to distill it and and come up with one um, idea to move forward with. Um, So, yeah. Amy?
6: I I was just wondering, like, since Dario and Jean and John Campbell did theirs, if they send it out to everybody, I'm just thinking about myself. If I read those three, I might see one and say, well, I like what John Campbell did or what, you know, and then I won't have to draw it myself. Not that I'm trying to be lazy, but I hate to. (laughs) Yeah, so reinvent the wheel if I see a plan and I think, oh, that looks great. I would do no, the same thing. Yeah, I'd be happy to send those around if,
0: if you guys are okay with that and as a prompt and some suggest and as suggestions for others um, so that they can uh, do their homework before the next meeting. Yeah, I think that would be, we can, Sheen? Well, mine was
7: more. Just An example of how to draw a study boundary. I didn't really put much thought into the actual boundary itself. I will do that for the okay, next meeting, okay. but don't take that <clears throat> as okay. you know my my last will and testament. Okay, yeah. <laughs>
0: the other, and, the and other actually, thing I liked just, about just, Dario's, I'm
2: sorry,
5: oh, fan?
0: Fan I just, want to say,
5: just that's right, just, uh, <laughs> just because I'm more of a process person, I'm doing homework and sharing information. Just remember, we're a public body and we have to be careful about violating open meeting. So, mm-hmm. to I don't know that sharing everyone so that you can then use that to influence you your opinion is a violation or not i, I just okay. i think we may we may want to check before we start sharing behind the scenes and okay. i don't mean that in a bad way
0: <laughs> yeah i think if it's only two
6: we might be okay but i'll double check i'll double check on that okay i think as long as we don't deliberate definitely over email like Mm -hmm. I think you can send out meeting materials. You just can't deliberate them as a board via email. Mm -hmm.
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, agree, comment on or anything like that.
3: Right. right. They'll just be Mm -hmm. examples.
2: Mm -hmm. I was going to comment.
3: The problem number is a quorum. So if you just want to share amongst a couple of you, um, but it's also the decision-making that's the problem. So Mm -hmm. you can't uh, be talking amongst
2: yourselves and saying, hey, well, we're going to vote on this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was going to comment on on Dario's plan. I liked the tentacles because um, my view is that we've got two different topics from the master plan we've extracted here as being important. One is this downtown, which we're working on, and the other is this whole idea of transportation Improving sidewalks bikeability, and the downtown Mm -hmm. certainly adds to that. But uh, I think it'd be important that as we go through this if we're defining like Dario did connectivity to other parts of town that the plan said was important that that sort of comes out and gets factored into the thinking that's going on in complete streets. So as this priority list is being developed some of these things get factored into the priority list. They may rise higher up or they may not but as the as a prior to this is being done, you know, we can be, be providing input out of part of this plan to say, as Dario mentioned, you know, connectivity down to the mm-hmm. aqueduct from the center yep. of town is really important. And even though the aqueduct may not be in the downtown boundary, you know, that the, the uh, complete streets program ought to be seriously considering how we get connectivity from the downtown to the aqueduct or other places. So I like the tentacles yep. can do that. So also don't hesitate in your own yeah. way to talk about tentacles if you think there are some that, you know, we ought to be considering along with the downtown.
0: Sure. That's exactly what that made me think of, you know, at, there's a core and then maybe label in a different way, these these uh, co- connectivity areas that I think are really important. Um, Jean Cahill, I know you've been waiting to talk.
4: Uh, yeah. I. I was very stimulated about um, thinking about the west of town and the east of town and, you know, what the village concept, you know, might be leading us to, what the future is going to bring for,
3: you
4: know, uh, the unexpected um, ways that cities and towns develop. And just thinking about that and thinking about, you know, we we lose opportunities, I think, with our kind of routine development. And maybe part of the master plan implementation process is really kind of seeing what we could have done differently, and then applying it to the next round of development. So if the area of the west side does develop, you know, what are the best, um, what are the best practices and kind of things that we can build into it to ensure the walkability and connectivities. Mm-hmm. and All those good values kind of develop around that new town center. Um, so rather than building that or planning for that more like anticipating Um, what really makes would make a future development work really well. I mean, I like where um, where Dario's office is. I like the way that that strip complex was done because they've included just some really nice elements. There's um, there is stone wall. There's really nice plantings. um, There's a whole lot of parking, um, but it, it just has a nice feel to it in the way that I think, you know, we, we just might be able to kind of help influence the future of um, you know what what those elements are that we would like to see and how they make us feel and how they function.
0: Great. Well, it sounds like we have our homework Mm -hmm. and some really helpful guidance on how to do it. Thank you, Daria and Jean. Yeah. Um, So unless others have any comments or questions or suggestions um, we can just move on to consideration of the minutes from February Dario,
1: I have one quick one. Um, we, well, actually, it's in the minutes. One of the things that came up in the minutes was who we go out to bids with. Um, I've worked with VHB, and they're, they're good, but uh, Lori had met, uh, mentioned uh, Wes and Samson. We're, we're actually currently working with them now. Um, they may, may be another vendor. I'm just throwing it out there if Lori was happy with them. If, they, if she wasn't, then maybe we don't. But, um, you know, that's another firm that, you know, we could make sure they got copied on just because it's what they do. But I would ask Lori if it was a good experience with them or not because, you know, it's just someone that we know would be credible and if she serves as a reference. That's all the better as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, I think if Lori, if you have any suggested um, consultants or anybody else that has worked with groups that you think are good, then we should definitely ask for the um, the RFQ to be sent out to them.
3: Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so the main contact that I worked with on Phase One at Weston and Samson was a a man named um, Michael Moonen. He's a landscape architect, who I understand was involved with the design of the Common in Northborough. Um, he actually left and went to a new firm called BL Companies, and I followed him to the um, for the phase two project. So uh, we wanted the continuity of design. So uh, we went with BL Companies and I am equally satisfied with his work. Um, since he moved to BL company so I would absolutely recommend both Weston and Samson and BL companies. So I think it would be great to to send them um, the proposal and see what they can do for us.
1: Yeah, I think that's great to get more people with the RFPs especially if someone's got experience with them. It doesn't mean they get it but at least you know it's it's someone that you say oh good let's make sure they at least look at hopefully they'll propose people are very busy right now which is probably Lori why your project went over budget between the supply chain and everything else it's not necessarily anybody's fault it's kind of the real world.
2: I think make one more comment about how I started this whole discussion tonight. Um, My feeling is when you get a group of people together to talk about something the more you can sort of expand the scope and of what you're going to talk about and raise some issues that may have little practicality but causing discussion to happen. Sometimes things pop out that you don't expect kind of thing. So I had no ulterior motive in mind for suggesting we think about Business West or anywhere else in town, except to say we're at the beginning of the process. And in my mind, kind of anything goes. And also to get some clarity as to you know what we're going to be with a consultant. So you may see me do this from time to time again. It's only that I think sometimes you get some you get some things out of discussions if you kind mm-hmm. of open up the box a little bit more so that's all i had in mind when i suggested that
0: yeah no I'll, it, I'll probably
2: it, i'll probably continue to do that
0: that's great rick and yeah i mean it's it's about what you feel and what you think is the best for the town and if there was you know more than half of us that came back with the outline that was times square then you know maybe <laughs> Maybe we, you know, change our focus. So yeah, it's always good to think out of the box and keep your options open. And
7: um, so, well, the other the other thing too is, let's say we we focus on the traditional downtown, and we come up with some ideas and some concepts. That doesn't mean that they're not transferable to other parts right. of the town. I mean, mm-hmm. we are victims of a highway system that predates all of us. Route 20 being primary east-west highway, and that is sort of counter to any downtown. All you have to do is go to Malibu to see what they did. They had to do a bypass of Route 20 to maintain their downtown. So whatever we come up with in terms of increasing walkability, increasing the number of people, the ambience, the architectural and landscaping improvements, uh, if they're good for one downtown, they're good for downtown west, downtown east, or however we want to apply it. So that's another way of looking at tentacles in the sense that, um, you know, we're going to focus on a certain area, but we have other aspects of town that we are interested in improving.
0: Yeah, I think that gets back to what Gene Cahill was saying. You know, let's learn from this. Let's create a model that, you know, if if suddenly Business West becomes really developed in 10 years then let's let's do it right and and learn from what we're doing
2: here so. I think one more thing I would suggest I'm sure people do this but the last couple of days I've just gone downtown and just walked around. Yeah, you know I just sort of stumbled on some things i would forgotten about whatever so I think as well as getting a map and drawing lines on it to the extent we could all get down there and spend some time and sort of wander around that would also be mm-hmm. Would also be helpful. Yeah uh,
1: that's a big hey. deal Rick. I, I went down by that by um, Colebrook where Colebrook met the Assabet and didn't realize we had this beautiful wa- beautiful waterfalls on Hudson Street and then it goes under this warehouse and then the confluence of those two rivers are kind of hidden in the back and it was it was just gorgeous, and I literally just walked all around everywhere, looking at it, and said, "Wow, this could be this could mm. be really awesome." So I have been intentionally trying to explore, and there's nothing like, you know, tripping over something or looking at square in the eye, and even even where the Asabet goes under Route 20, there's that building that's right on the falls. Yeah. Yeah. So, so so here's here's Dario looking at the building saying, "Boy, what would I do?" you know, and it's 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 awful that we can't celebrate. We've got several of these waterfalls, you know, that are, you know, 100 years old or more, and I'm looking at that building. Said, How cool would that be to keep the the front of the building the same and make the back and the left-hand side all glass and open to the waterfall. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that you could just sit there and enjoy that water and that sound and the you know like instead of this just sitting there as just just a building to, to, to enjoy it. There are like so many cool opportunities with a lot of the stuff that we have that we really haven't capitalized on, you know, the aqueduct being, you know, if you had to make that today, you're talking, you know, 10, 15 million dollars and we got it there for free and it's beautiful. Even a, a, a blind photographer couldn't take a bad picture of it if you're looking at it in front of the water reflecting. It's just, it's so gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And there's real opportunities with some of this stuff, but when you get out and look at it, like you said, you'll see good and bad, but you really you're really smelling the the roses at that point. potential.
2: And when I was walking around today, I walked behind the fire station. I never walked behind the fire station before. Well, it turns out behind the fire station parking lot there's a beautiful overlook of Cold Harbor Brook as it yes! just goes past the bridge on Church Street. And that could be a beautiful spot to do a little if you know and that's public public property right now. Yeah, that could be a beautiful little park or something that might be a walkway back to Church Street. and I who knows, but I never walked behind the fire station before, and I just stumbled on that. you know so who knows what else we'll stumble on?
0: Mm-hmm. And, and I know that that's one of the things we have in the RFQ, right is the sort of a field trip. So we can all do that and really get an on the ground look and and really, Make this decision about what we should really be focusing on when we're we're down
7: in it. So but just just one more thing. I know. You you go through downtown every day, and there's a handful of properties you drive by, and you say, "Well, what's going on with that property?" And I'm sure we all could put a list of five or six properties. And my wife keeps asking me, "Well, what's going on? Why aren't you figuring that out yet?" So, <laughs> at some point, as a Committee, I think we have to have a understanding of sort of where things, you know, where things are going with some of these properties that are still vacant, yeah. as in vacant buildings, but also still vacant as a, as in vacant land, yeah. and those are all key properties that can really help drive the direction that we want to go in. Yep,
0: yeah. agreed. Yep, yeah. great. All right. well does anybody want to make a motion uh, or does anybody have any comments or uh, edits on the minutes from February. Dario?
1: I only have, um, there's only one I think typo on page one. I don't know who has it in front of them. I do. Okay, second to the last paragraph on the far right, when the RFP goes out to bid, comma is that allowed? Was the question not as it was a question? um, And then on page three, second to the last paragraph, um, where it was quoting something I had said, it it depends on the very last sentence, it depends on where you are. and and what I meant was with respect to the availability of utilities, the cost of you, with respect to the availability of the utilities, meaning where you are if you if we were trying um, to to we were talking about move um, about the green stuff,
4: <clears throat> and
1: if we have the availability of of the utilities to to facilitate that that that's it's it's just it would read it depends on where you are actually, with respect to the availability
0: I don't know where, don't know where you are, sorry. It's actually oh, I'm page sorry. four. It's actually page, page four. Page four.
1: Above local planning assistance CMRPC, the paragraph before that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Starts off, Mr. DeMar said.
0: <laughs> yep. It doesn't okay.
1: work. Okay, so at the bottom, yeah. It says it depends on where you are. It should read with the respect with respect to the availability of utilities.
0: Why can't I find this? <laughs>
1: I, it, it doesn't say with respect to I'm adding in with respect. to. Page 3. Yeah, it's page three,
0: three on my version.
8: Oh, it's on four on mine, sorry. Oh, God. I don't, the, I'm not
1: seeing it. Do you see where it says local planning assistance? Yep. It depends the on where you're it.
0: Got it. Found it. Depends on where you are.
1: Okay, it depends on where you are with respect to the availability of utilities, the cost of utilities and the utility source. And that part was missing. Okay. Because we don't want a utility source that's burning oil. We'd rather have something, you know, the source that supports it that's that's a green source. Right,
0: all right.
1: That's that's my whole point on that, that's all. Okay. That's all. Like that's all I have. All right. So that's
0: what you said. Yeah. Okay. All right. Got it. Anyone else?
8: Um, I just thought that it might help, and again, my paging might be different, but um, it's on mine. It's uh, there. Some clarification might be. It was under. It's on mine on page three. So um, it's a Mr. Campbell said this committee. Where can I? Okay, I found it. Yeah, page three, Mr. Campbell. And I think it's it's helpful to clarify which committee because in the two to three paragraphs above, they're talking about the um, whether it's a housing authority or it's talking about a couple of different different committees, organizations, or um, I just thought it might be helpful to clarify that it's, the intention okay. was the Master Plan Implementation Committee.
0: Okay. And you
8: then it just replace. Is,
0: yeah. Okay.
8: That they can move forward, uh, that they can um, the end of that sentence, there should be a, there's a they can move forward on, on our own. Okay. Yeah. Kind of a Disconnect on yeah. Just, all right. just small just things. Reason.
4: That was it. Mm-hmm. Thank
0: you. Yeah. Okay. Great. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that's tricky. Okay. All right. Well, play around with that, but all right. Great.
2: I guess I move then that we accept these minutes as amended. Second. I second.
0: All right. Do we need a roll call vote on this? I can never remember. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, all right. All those in favor? Amy? Aye. Rick? Aye. Dario?
1: Aye.
0: Millie? Aye. Jean Kennedy?
1: Aye. John? Aye.
0: Fran. Aye. Jean Cahill? Aye. Ashley? Aye. All right. Approved. Great. I think that's all we had on the agenda, unless anyone else had any other topics that you wanted to bring up before we adjourn.
1: I'll make the motion that we adjourn.
0: Second. All right, let me do another vote, just saving these minutes so I don't forget. Um, Amy? Aye. Rick?
2: Aye. Dario? Aye.
0: Millie? Aye. Jean Kennedy? Aye. John? Aye. Fran? Aye. Jean Kale? Aye. Ashley? Aye. All right, we are adjourned. Thanks, everyone.